Power the Future presents the Your Fracking Welcome podcast. Each week, Rick and Larry take you through the latest news you need to know to take on the eco-left. We're proud to stand with our country's energy workers who get the job done every day. And to all those greenies out there, we say, you're fracking welcome. Now, here's Rick and Larry. Ah, good morning. Or is it good evening? Or is it good night? We don't care because you're listening to the You're Fracking Welcome podcast, and we are excited to have you along with us. My name is Larry Behrens. I'm the Western States Director for Power of the Future, joined as always by Rick Whitbeck, who is keeping things uh, as the way they should be up there in Alaska, the small geographic area known as Alaska. He just covered, you know, it's pretty small, pretty small area. Rick, happy, uh, well, we're recording this on Thursday. Happy Thursday to you, man. Thanks, Larry. It's uh, it's always good to hang out with you and our and our podcast listeners as we uh, as we talk energy. Yeah, and there's a lot of energy talk for this week. And you know, let's just look at it here in New Mexico and a little bit of national news. So in New Mexico, what caught everyone's eye this week was there were 24 um, Democratic legislators who sent a letter to Joe Biden and Deb Haaland, and the gist of the letter was they were very happy. They're so excited that Joe Biden has paused um, production on federal lands, and they just wanted to let him know that and let him know just how wonderful that is. And while they like the industry, you know, we have to transition. Uh, The industry hurts minority communities. And just, by the way, thanks for uh, nominating Deb Hatland. And so there were 24 Democrat legislators, and we're going to talk, I'm going to throw a lot of numbers at you here, unfortunately, but... uh, they're important to know for context. So if you have 24 Democrat legislators, uh, people should know New Mexico's legislature is made up mostly of Democrats, and it is nearly a supermajority. In fact, if you look at the entire legislature, the House and the Senate, there are 72 Democrats in the legislature. 24 signed this letter. 72? 24. Not a single member of Democrat leadership, uh, save one, signed on to this letter. And when they looked at the senator who led the effort to get the letter done, she said, you know, everyone had weeks to look at it and review it. And she didn't want to get into why some folks didn't sign it. It's amazing. Some folks, like (laughs) two-thirds, didn't want to sign this letter. And, you know, there's a lot to to unpack with this, but I'll try to be succinct. I think the biggest point for me is I could see this being a call from Washington through back channels that says, hey, uh, the president is hurting on poll numbers for his energy policies with the pipelines and everything. We need support from energy-rich states. Okay, great. And all they could muster in New Mexico was the 24 most eco-leftist senators and representatives in the state. It is incredible for the people who didn't sign it. But let's get into a little bit of the letter because it's important to understand where they're coming from. And they say, you know, they love the president's jobs planned and it hurts, you know, communities with people of color. And, you know, it is important that we need to do an all of government approach, their words, not mine, to get this done as New Mexico shows leadership against climate change and transitions. Well, we took a look at some of that. And this letter came out the same week that it turns out New Mexico is planned to have yet another budget surplus. 
And what is that budget surplus courtesy of? Well, it's courtesy of New Mexico's oil and natural gas workers. New Mexico is going to have $350 million more than what they anticipated they were going to have, mostly because of the energy industry. Keep in mind, that is the only industry that's producing for New Mexico really right now because our unemployment rate is 8.3%. It is I think the second or third highest in the country. It is incredible how much other industries are suffering because of not just energy policies brought on by the governor, but other policies, namely COVID lockdown policies that have been brought on. But you know what? There's something that folks need to know about the transition. And I'm just going to give you a little fact because I know we want to talk about mining today. Here is something from the International Energy Agency. I believe that's their name. And it's important to know that this is a multi, kind of a UN national agency who loves the Paris Climate Accords. And so they are no protector of energy jobs in the United States by any stretch of the imagination. But by their own measure, in order to do the transition that these legislators and Joe Biden are talking about, it's going to need to see 40 times the amount of lithium that we currently produce. It's going to need to see 20 to 25 times more graphite, cobalt, and nickel. It's going to need to see double the copper that we produce here. So, uh, you know, all of these folks better be ready to grab a shovel. And ironically, folks in Alaska are ready to grab a shovel and get to work and produce these precious minerals. But I wonder if uh, environmentalists are happy about that, Rick. You know, Larry, anybody who's ever listened to our show has figured this out already. No, because they're the party of no. They're the group of no. They would rather protect wildlife than enrich human life. And once again, the 16, 17-year battle over Pebble Mine took a little bit of a turn uh, last week and this week for the worse if you are, if you are looking at it just as a, 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 a list of skirmishes, uh, a couple of battles were lost. But... Here's the beauty, Larry. The battle is not over. The war still has to go on. So let's talk about what happened to Pebble this week. Pebble, the second largest known copper deposit in the world, yet untapped. Second largest in the world. We talked about needing double the copper for, uh, for EVs and copper for solar panels, wind turbines, everything that copper goes into, but especially for, for EVs, double to triple the existing amount of copper. Where is it going to come from? Well, it could come from Pebble. But this week, uh, I wrote about it on PowerTheFuture.com yesterday. The environmentalists thought that they might have put Pebble into checkmate if this was a game of chess. Um, the, the exact quote that I want to use is from a guy named Tim Troll. He's the executive director of the Bristol Bay Heritage Land Trust. And he said, I would say if it's not the nail in the coffin, it's just waiting for that last tap of the hammer. I don't see any way they, meaning the Pebble Partnership, could do this now. Well, Tim was talking about the fact that the village of Pedro Bay, which sits mm, miles away, not, not you know dozens of miles away from the deposit, on the shores of Ileana Lake, which is the largest lake in Alaska, um, and was the village that was in kind of the in the middle of the transportation corridor that the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers said was the least environmentally damaging or impactful option for Pebble to get their gold, copper, molybdenum, um, and uranium out of 
the mine site in, in, in to Tidewater for export. Uh, the most recent uh, EIS, Environmental Impact Statement, said that the northern route through Pedro Bay lands would be the most environmentally friendly. Pedro Bay said, well, we know how to stop that because they're all against the mine. Well, not all, but the majority. 90% of their shareholders voted to sell their surface rights to a to an NGO, to a, a non-government organization, an eco-left organization, for $20 million. Now... That seems like a lot of money, but I'll bet you that if they had decided to actually try to make money on this, Pebble over the course of the uh, mine's life may have paid them two, three, four, five, ten, fifteen, twenty times that. After all, the known deposits are seventy billion with a B worth of gold, molybdenum, copper, and rhenium. So I think Pedro Bay could have gotten a better deal for its money. But this isn't about that. This is about stopping that mine. And in doing so, Larry, here's the problem. The science from the EIS, from the environmental impact statement, says that pebble can be built safely without impacting the fish. That's the science. That's the fact. The feelings from the uh, United Fishermen of Bristol Bay, Trout Unlimited, and others is screw the science. We, we thought the science was going to be in our favor as soon as the science came out of uh, uh, saying that the mine can be built. Now it's a, well, it's junk science. Screw the science. We don't care about the science. We only care about the fish. And that goes back to my initial <laughs> statement. It's just a, a funny thing for them to say. We don't care about the science. We just care about the fish. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're just basically saying, Larry, that it's junk science. And the fish need to be protected at all costs. Well, the last time I checked, the thousand jobs that Pebble could bring year-round which, by the way, would average six figures a year on shift work, right? This isn't 52 weeks a year going and, you know, going and, and mining. This is two on, two off, one on, one off. And the average wage is still going to be six figures a year. That's generationally changing in rural Alaska, where um, in that part of the state, unemployment, you talk about 8.3, unemployment in that part of the state runs into 40 to 50 percent. That's insane. Nearly Nearly one half of all people looking for work can't find it. And if they do, it doesn't pay six figures. There's not a lot of those jobs. So, you know, Pebble um, got kind of dealt a blow that, we, that way, but, I, but there's certainly ways around it. The state owns enough of a corridor where it could, um, it could work with Pebble to, to get uh, their, you know, their wares to Tidewater. And then everybody's favorite, um, will she or won't she, U.S. Senator Lisa Murkowski came out and started talking about uh, permanent protections for the Bristol Bay watershed. Well, while that sounds really, really good, um, it's a great soundbite, and we'll have the senator on a, a, an upcoming episode of the Power of the Future Energy Hour here in Alaska to talk to her about it. <clears throat> Since the Pebble Deposit sits on state land and there are ways through any federal um, permanent protection areas. It, it's just talk. But it sounds good to the uh, anti-pebble forces. Larry, as, as we talk about how to raise revenues, right, for the state of Alaska, resource development is our, our go-to. We don't have a state sales tax. We don't have a state income tax. We have some local sales taxes, but we're one of the least taxed uh, states in the nation and want to keep it that way. And it sounds like people in Albuquerque may have uh, wanted to do the same thing following up on a story from you from last week. Yeah, it, it is incredible. But I, I just want to point out here, 
that this is the lunacy of radical environmentalists. They fight yep. a massive copper resource in your state. And let's just give some numbers. Copper is the number one mineral used in offshore windmills. It is the number two metal used in onshore windmills. It is the number two metal used in solar panels. It, it, it is the things that they say we need to transition to the future require them all to grab a shovel, but they won't let anyone grab a shovel. Everything that they say that they're concerned about in Alaska environmentally, they're perfectly fine, I guess, with that happening in China 10 times worse. Or Chile. Or, or, or any other place in the, or the Congo, any, any other place besides, you know, where it would provide Americans, Alaskans jobs. And it doesn't make any sense at all. So you have to get ready to dig if you're going to go down these paths. And you know what else you're going to need for these that they don't talk about? Gasoline. You're going to need gas. Well, here in Albuquerque, uh, surprisingly, uh, the eco-left mayor, a friend of Michael Bloomberg, did never see a Beyond Carbon initiative that he didn't like, vetoed a two-cent increase in the gas tax completely out of character because he cares about the environment. He cares about, you know, what the future looks like. Why would he? Oh, oh, that's right. He's up for re-election this re -election. fall. That's yes. it. Isn't that amazing how a two cent increase in the gas tax, he was so concerned about that, that he vetoed it. And thankfully it went back to the city council. They did not have the votes to override his veto. So at least for now, make no mistake, um, if things turn out certain ways in the elections in the fall, at least for now, uh, the citizens and those who buy gasoline in Albuquerque are safe. So that is what is happening this week here in New Mexico, Rick. As always, we let Alaska finish because they finish strong. Well, you know, here in Alaska, it is it is budget time. We are uh, in all, we're about to, a week away from the end of our first special session dealing with the budget. Now, we couldn't get it done in 121 days. We're limping along trying to get it uh, done in an extra 30. But I don't think we're going to do that either. And here's what it comes down to. We talked about taxes. We talked about revenues. We talked about resource development. How are we going to fund our still, if it wasn't for the CARES Act money, billion-dollar-plus deficit, Larry? Now, we're going to get a reprieve this year because – Biden and his merry band of, uh, of leftists have decided that we need more money. And as much as I hate to take it, 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 it'll allow us to have the rough conversations a little less rough this year. Um, here's, here's my beautiful idea, right? Let's just open up more mines. Let's open up, up more state lands. Let's get permitted faster because that's the way to um, balance Alaska state budget. That's it, Larry. That's all I've got. And for all of our listeners, uh, we appreciate you tuning in to the Your Fracking Welcome podcast. And that's just it, right? As we sit there and we look at the stupidity, out and out stupidity of the eco-left, whether it's gas taxes, uh, stopping copper mines from, from being built, sending letters to President Biden telling him what a great guy he is, telling everybody how great Deb Holland has been for the, for the, for the nation, the men and women who work in energy across the country should be saying to them, in spite of everything you're trying to do to our jobs, we know that we're going to go back to work the next day and, and kick butt and do what we need to do. And to all the leftists and from us as well at Power of the Future, you're fracking welcome.
That's it for this episode of Your Fracking Welcome. Brought to you by Power the Future. Check us out online at PowerTheFuture.com or on Twitter at PTF New Mexico and PTF Alaska. In the meantime, make sure you tell your favorite radical environmentalist, you're fracking welcome.